Hey y'all, welcome back to Slice Up Your Life. I am your host, Rich Bedell, and thanks for coming back. I hope you guys have had a good week. I had a crazy one. I actually had a lock-in with um, like 12 8th to 10th grade girls, and let me tell you, it was crazy. I mean, it really wasn't that insane, but I didn't go to bed until 4.30 a.m., and if you know anything about me, you know that is about six or seven hours past my bedtime so that was just a little bit out of my comfort zone but it was really cool really cool experience so i am just you know struggling to get back on the bandwagon um so not even the right word but get back on the horse this week and start grinding but i was able to catch up with cassidy i know cassidy from college just from mutual friends and we talked we got to talk about a lot about family um a lot of life transitions trying to figure out adulting and what to do next and something called ultimate training camp or better known as utc probably i only had known about it from people's instagram so i got to talk with cassidy as she has been a part of it for two years so i hope you guys enjoy my conversation with cassidy I was laughing today on my way home because I was listening to Annie F. Downs and I don't even Mm -hmm. think I told you this, but I was like, I started listening to Annie F. Downs and that made me want to start my podcast (laughs) because I was like, yeah, and you're the one that told me about her. So I was like, I have to bring it up to be like, well, thanks for showing me her because I'm obsessed, literally obsessed with her. (laughs) She's definitely one of my favorites. I know. She absolutely crushes it. That makes um, me so happy. I know. she's. I tell everyone about her because I try to throw the Enneagram at everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> I um, tell them about all of like her series that she did with the Enneagram. So yeah. I have them on constant send out to people. But um, yeah, I guess I probably, I mean, we barely knew each other, but I haven't seen you I know. since Iowa probably. I mean, there would be no other time. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Maddie's wedding. I oh, yeah. Each Maddie's other. Wedding. yeah. But uh, other than that, we really only knew each other just because we both went to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then when did you transfer to San Diego State? 2015. So I was going into my fourth year, but I had, I knew I was taking five years. So okay. um, I spent two at San Diego. Okay. And what kind of made you want to make that transition? It was so hard because it's funny because I hated when people transferred. So I'm like the biggest hypocrite. But um, and it wasn't like it didn't have anything to do with like um, not enjoying my time at Iowa. I freaking love Iowa. I miss it so much. Um, But the track program, like in terms of me, my performance in it, my like fitting into it and thriving in it, it just kind of wasn't a good fit for me anymore mm-hmm. and um I had taken an official visit back in the day to San Diego State and remembered Coach Burrell who I eventually transferred to train under and just kind of thought about that um I mean you can't like pick a school right away once you decide to transfer but I did have San Diego State like kind of in mind Okay. And then and then I had to get my release and go through the whole process. It was so hard, but um, it was really worth it, I think. And you were a heptathlete? Did I make that up, or was that? No, that's right. Yeah, okay. I started heptathlete, and then my third year just did long jump because I was 
hurt a lot. So I did just one event my third year. And then, and then that was the thing I was like, I still want to be a heptathlete. I just don't think I can be a heptathlete like in this program at this time specifically. And coach Burrell at San Diego state is a two time Olympian in the heptathlon and casual. Yeah. And like their program is known for putting out, you know, pretty good heptathletes. So that's awesome. I went with it. And went with it. Why? And I know you're big on volleyball too. You did it a lot in high school and you obviously yeah. play a lot and coach uh-huh. now. What, what made you kind of want to stick more with the track side of it rather than volleyball? I think just because, I don't know. Like, and I had the opportunity to play both at Central Missouri, I believe. But I don't know. I just thought that I would, I guess, track would take me farther. Um, and I just had like a more of a natural talent at it. And I really did love doing multiple events and doing the heptathlon. So I went that route. Yeah. Um, I know. It's so fun. I love, it's always like the best. I feel like you get the best of both worlds and you're a heptathlete. Like you get to do all the sprinting, yeah. you get to do all the jumping, um, but, and like still be a part of it all. So that's always so fun. Yeah. And yeah, that was my favorite part. You're originally from California. So how far are you from where San Diego State is? Like, were you close to For, home? Um, I was closer to home technically just because I was back in the same state. But I was, <laughs> yeah, um, four-hour drive. Oh, okay. I definitely went home, like, way more once I was in San Diego, which was yeah. really cool. And they could come see me way way more often. Um, my parents did an amazing job of, like, always coming out to Iowa. Well, not always, but, like, when they had a chance, you know, for a big meet, for a Big Ten conference or whatever. Um, but being in San Diego was definitely a lot more relieving in terms of seeing my family all the time oh, for sure and just from like based off of like i'm basing all of this off of instagram but you're super close yeah. with your family um yeah you have, do you have two sisters is that it yes okay. i am the middle middle child are you the token middle child yes definitely oh i know i'm the baby and my, everyone's always like are you the baby i'm like 100 percent the baby like all of us fit the stereotypes to a t yeah <laughs> Three Truly. Girls. Oh, it's so funny how that always pans out. Mm-hmm. And then you're an aunt. I know you for sure have one niece. Do you have two now? Yes. Okay. Oh my goodness. I know you're Don't even get me though. started. I was going to say, no, I want to get you started because I know they're a huge part of your life. They're so yes. stinking cute. Yeah. They're little angels. I can't even believe they're real. Like, truly. <laughs> How old are they? So my first niece, her name is Ayla, and she is three now. And then the little baby was just born in January. So oh 10 months. Oh, my gosh. She's such a little nugget still. That is wild that she's already 10 months. Like, I it, can't even. Isn't that crazy how that happens? My best friend has three kids, and they just turned four years old, two years old, and then she just had her third in mm-hmm. oh my gosh October so like this month but I'm like how are how are your how's your oldest four years old like how is that even seriously it's the weirdest thing I'm like is this what the rest of our life is like just like pondering how other people grew up so fast because like you know how you grow up and and adults are always like wow I remember like you just grew so fast and you're like okay okay and then truly like when you get older you're like wow yeah we're now those people. little people around <laughs> me are growing up yeah we are 100% now those people um 
No, but like, how is it? I, so both my sisters, they're five and six years older than me, but we don't have any kids in our family yet. How is it like being an aunt? I've always just heard everyone's like, and I, I mean, again, I love my best friend's kids, but like, mm-hmm. I'm like, after a couple hours or like two days, I'm like, okay, cool. You can like go back to your parents. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like yeah. everyone else is like, no, like all my friends who have nieces and nephews, they're like, no, you do not understand. You don't. Yeah, truly. Um, there's definitely a difference. Um, it's the best thing ever. It's, I don't know, like that first kid just changes everything and suddenly like everyone's obsessed with them and it's the most fun thing ever. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I just, it's so fun and it's, it's sad for me because they live in Tennessee. Not sad, okay, but like, ask, yeah. Yeah, so we're in California, they're in Tennessee. Uh, my sister and her husband went to college there and they still live there, but it's so much more like special, I guess, like because when we get together, it's like a big deal. And um, I'm actually going out to see them next week. Oh my gosh, in oh my one gosh. week from today. <laughs> one week from tomorrow. You just had the gosh. realization. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, I can't wait. Um, but yeah, see, so it's stuff like that, like because we have um, technically like a distance relationship, we we do a really good job of like, FaceTiming and all that stuff and seeing each other but it's definitely a lot sweeter to go out there because I don't get to see them that much and get all like the snuggles and all that stuff Mm -hmm. the closest comparison I have is my sister's dog so um, (laughs) which everyone's still obsessed with her her name's Summer and my mom Mm -hmm. is my sister and her husband are moving next week and my mom and dad are gonna watch their dog and she's like I'm looking forward so much to having summer I'm like you guys are gonna be absurd grandparents <laughs> like you're this excited for yes. a five pound dog I can't even imagine just, just a taste just a taste um so yeah you're in California now, but okay so I know you lived in San Diego for a little bit and then you were moving and I asked where you're going and you're like, I don't really know. <laughs> what did you yeah. what did you do after you got were done with San Diego State? Okay, so answer hasn't really changed. So I've been <laughs> home in Bakersfield, which is where I grew up. Um I've been home I think since I mean since August. I was gonna say, it I've hasn't been, been that long, yeah. Right, but I moved out of San Diego. Well, okay, this is what happened. I moved out of San Diego in May. Um, because I had to, because my apartment was being sold. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I only stayed in San Diego because, uh, one, I love it Two, I just didn't like need to move. It didn't, the opportunity didn't present itself. Mm-hmm. So when this happened, I was like, okay, San Diego, I'm not like working down here. So it's not serving me to just constantly be driving like home or to LA or whatever. So I'm going to take all my stuff home, have all my summer, you know, travels, whatever. Cause I had a lot planned. So even though I took all my stuff home, I wasn't really at home. Yeah. Um, and then once all that finished up, um, I was home and I was like, well, I didn't really answer the question that I thought I'd have answered <laughs> by now. So I kind of just decided to stay. And, and then I eventually got asked to help coach. So I was like, okay, this is good. I will move back in like officially. Because even then, like, I was kind of just still visiting home. Like, all my stuff was in boxes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I officially moved back in home to stay probably for the rest of this year. Um, after that, the answer remains the same. I don't really know. <laughs> it's not that I have – yeah, I don't, like, lack, um, I guess, options. But I think that's the 
reason I'm having trouble picking what to do because I'm like the opportunity is endless and I'm like where do I go oh totally does a lot of that so like what are you looking kind of going to doing I know you do a whole bunch of modeling um yeah is that like a direction that you're looking to go down more yes definitely so being at home I've kind of not like taken a break but it just kind of came with the territory like now I'm here I'm busy you know coaching and stuff so Mm -hmm. I've been not really active in terms of modeling but I'm not not doing it does that make sense yeah um so once I get done you know with this little home stint I will figure out what the best next move for me is because I'm signed up in Portland and that would be a really good you know place to be because it's kind of a big hub you know for modeling and Um, I'd be close to my agency and all this stuff, but I could also live in LA, you know, that's been working. Not that I lived in LA, but coming up to LA a lot, Mm -hmm. um, was working in the past, but yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of different ideas and I think I've, I've just been playing it by ear, but I do need to be more active in terms of figuring out my next step. step. It's hard too. when you have like all of these options and like, you're like, okay, which it's like, you could you're kind of, I, I'm not speaking for you, but it's like gun shy. Uh-huh. I mean, like, well, which one do I pick? Cause I want it to be the right one and yeah. all that stuff. Um, how did you get into modeling? I mean, what, what, like, when did you start doing it or, um, is it kind of just always been something you wanted to do? Yeah. So I always wanted to, I can, I don't technically remember like when I started wanting to, but I know all through college I wanted to. Um, but in college, as an NCAA athlete, you are assigned like literally strictly to your athletics. Mm-hmm. You're like and literally not allowed to do literally anything else. Nobody can see your face outside of your uniform. So, um, yeah, so I didn't, I mean, and I didn't work anyway or have time to have a job anyway because of my sport and my, like the degree that I was in, but I was like, okay, once I'm like you know, free from the bondage of, bondage is a tough word, but um, free from the NCAA restriction, um, I will like pursue that. So I had to wait till I graduated and then I graduated and had like some summer trips and stuff. And then even then the timing was a little bit off because I had to have surgery, which is another, yeah. So I had um, elbow surgery but I didn't have that until November of like later that year that I graduated. So I really had to like wait. And then that recovery took, you know, months and months. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't pursue it and be like, Hey, like, let me talk to all these agencies. I want to work for you, but like, I can't yet, you know? So I was in this spot of like, what do I do? So I was kind of just waiting, um, focusing on the surgery, focusing on the prehab and then the rehab of it. Um, I was still right down the street from San Diego State, which was where I was still going, um, using the training room and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was working out. And then I met with this photographer who's a good friend of mine now, um, who we had wanted to link up beforehand anyway. He's a big track fan. He's a really, really, really talented photographer. And, um, but then I was like, I'm getting surgery and we can't like, you know, do a photo shoot, but I would love to meet with you anyway and like pick your brain and like just have a meeting about, you know, me getting into modeling and stuff. And he was so 
gracious and kind and met with me and we had really great talk and he basically was just like you just need to practice like as much as you can in the meantime and you know try and make a bunch of connections and Mm -hmm. that's what I did and then eventually it was actually him like through the connection with him that um, I got signed to my agency up in Portland called Parker Management uh, because they were looking for new talent and so he referenced my name because we had just you know established that friendship Mm -hmm. and then so they signed me and I was just like whoa that's crazy and then um, eventually that agency merged with an agency called Option so I'm with Option Models up in Portland and then through them I'm also with brand models in Orange County oh nice that's fun yeah it's really fun do you ever have like any just being I know it was especially in track both my sisters ran um at Baylor and then just in athletics in general and then being in modeling like do you struggle with any like the body comparison stuff or are you someone that like is blessed to be pretty um, (laughs) healthy in that concept (laughs) um I think at first no because I I do do more like a fitness stuff like fitness modeling like Mm -hmm. fitness and lifestyle and so I'm not like if I was trying to get into high fashion or something I would be like yo I'm not I don't think I'm you know cut out for this I have a very like athletic looking body (laughs) you're like I've done hep and beach my whole entire life (laughs) yeah and so yeah I don't think that wasn't huge in the beginning but it is hard now because I haven't been like back then especially when I first got signed like I was still super fit like naturally not naturally but because of like the program I was in and just constant you know sports beach whatever um and then just like as time goes on you know it becomes more up to you as in not no longer athlete but like as an athletic person to like keep it up so having the weight more like on your own shoulders and having it to be through your own motivation and through your own decisions that's more what I struggle with yeah more than like like, fitting it in on your own rather than being like here's your dictated schedule yeah so like it's not like being muscular that has ever bothered me I I love being athletic (laughs) I know isn't that the funny (laughs) thing too is it's like there's always and that I feel like that's shifted a lot in our culture like as the years have gone by I feel like when Mm -hmm. I was probably in like middle school or stuff there was still this whole like schema of you know girls should not be lifting or anything like that and now everywhere you look it's like the fitness models are everywhere (laughs) but I'm happy that you have like that's awesome that you're gonna have so many different opportunities coming up and like it seems like it seems like you just have like a good head on your shoulders of during uh, like during the waiting period I feel like that's like a big thing that we've been talking about like in my small groups lately is like this thing of like just you know trusting in the waiting and it just seems like you've been able to do that through different situations of like transitioning to San Diego State or figure out what you're going to do afterwards or even like now um mm-hmm. how do you like balance that is it like do, is it more like faith-based or is it just kind of you're really you're good with like rolling with the punches um no it's definitely faith-based because I'm not good with rolling with the punches <laughs> well <laughs> me either well, so it's I fine Um, because I'm like super go with the flow in that aspect but like the being home was actually like a huge struggle not because I don't enjoy being home I, I adore being home but um, 
it was like suddenly I'm no longer like go 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 like and I'm really good at being like you know practically living out of my car like I love being like on the fly you know all over the Mm -hmm. place and then so I get home and I'm like okay I need to you know just take a hot second to chill out for a minute and figure out what my next move is and and then I realized like how uncomfortable that was making me and I didn't want to rush past it because there were so many ways I could just like kind of cover it up with a bandaid and, you know, get back going and get back Mm -hmm. into the groove and like, you know, jump over this whole, like, wait, why did that make me so like antsy, you know, that, that waiting period. And so I was like, all right, instead of rushing past it and kind of not letting it, I guess, grow me in a way, I was like, I have to like just stay here for a while, sit in this and like be okay, you know, not constantly on the move. And it's not even about like, you know, a checklist or like achieving things. It was like, I'm not, um, you know, I don't know, working out all the time. So like, why, why does that make me feel like I just really wanted to think about all the types of ways that I was feeling in this like period of waiting and being like, but why like why am I struggling with that and then grow through it that way no that's awesome I feel like I actually listened to Andy Downs today and they were talking about the this author was on it talking about he just wrote a book about being busy and he's Mm -hmm. like we I mean we're obviously in a generation again of like we pride ourselves on being busy but you don't realize like we're all kind of avoiding something by being busy. Yes. And I feel like I do that all the time, especially like moving mm-hmm. to a new city or like being in a new situation. And then mm-hmm. you're like, go, 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 go. And it feels better to go, go, go. But truly as, soon as you stop, you're like, Oh, here are all the emotions and feelings I've been avoiding. Yes. So I was like, Oh snap. I didn't realize like that this was going to feel so like uncomfortable for me. So like I need to make make sure that I figure that out and like be okay with not, you know, being the image of myself that I had, you know, created or, or portrayed. Like I need to grow through this period of downtime and I don't know, not accomplishing what, what you kind of have high expectations for yourself. No, totally. Is that something that you like continue, like you are, you try to like continue to practice or like or do you like are you still kind of in that phase or do you feel like it's like something that you were like hey I did that I learned a lot kind of on to the next yeah. thing yeah um kind of both because it was a long you know I don't even know how long it was but that I literally wasn't doing you know hardly anything and I realized that not not all people have the luxury of doing that like I just happen to have moved home and you know kind of have like um cushion in terms of like I can literally just chill should I have been doing nothing probably not but like I kind of I needed I needed to so like I don't know I just wanted to say like I know not all, all people can just drop everything and do nothing but in that doing nothing I don't know it was probably like a month I don't really know how long it was but then um it kind of ended when I got asked to coach which was a huge blessing because now I was like around people I was like using my time and energy like for something you know good and like um, purposeful I guess like I had more of a plan Um, I definitely operate better with like you know plans and being busy and stuff so when that finally did come back around it was like really 
like relieving and challenging in its own ways because I've never coached a team before but it was a huge blessing um and being back around like my high school and having games and stuff it was so fun so I'm still kind of transitioning out of that because our season just ended but um I'm going to be helping with the varsity team until I leave for Tennessee and then I don't know <laughs> <laughs> they'll figure it out so it is the high school that you went to yes okay and then what age group is it so I coached the freshman the fresh off team oh my gosh so what how old are freshmen like 15 year olds yeah they're like either 14 15 I think I had one 16 year old because there were some sophomores it is insane to me that age group right now <laughs> mm-hmm. I started girls mentoring and they're like 13 or it's like 8th through 10th graders and mm-hmm. I am blown away blown away by listening to conversations that they have <laughs> truly they're I'm... so entertaining but like also what I know I'm like you guys are very entertaining but I feel like I should be interjecting myself and because I don't feel like you should be having this conversation but I also I'm like I'm not that much older than you that I feel a little uncomfortable like I mean I am I'm 27 but I'm like I still feel like I'm like okay you kids like and none of them look like they're 14 years old they all look like they're 18 (laughs) so I'm like I don't know how to be a part of any of this (laughs) yeah times are definitely different a little bit different um so getting into coaching, one thing that I, I really wanted to talk about, um, you're one of, I think a couple of people that I know that do this, but is UTC. Oh my gosh. I know that's Bring a it. huge part. Um, will you kind of just, I know pretty much only based off of like yours and did you know Alyssa Klosterman? Yes. I pretty we... much only know from like y'all's Instagrams. <laughs> yeah. What so this is. <laughs> Athletes in Action is a sports ministry kind of most people know of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's pretty much along the same lines, just a different organization called Athletes in Action. And I think, let me see if I get this right. The the little saying is we want to see a Christ follower on every team, in every sport, and in every nation. So discipleship and like fellowship is a huge thing. part of it and UTC is called the ultimate training camp and it's basically just like the big summer camp that athletes in action puts on and it started I believe in Colorado and then and then it went to Twin Cities and Ohio and Southern California so now there's four locations unless one has been added um, that I don't know about but yeah, it's basically the best thing. It's so fun. It's <laughs> <laughs> I could just talk about UTC so much, but um, I didn't go until so I, there was athletes in action at Iowa, and then there was also athletes in action at San Diego State, and so I was a part of both. And then finally, um, I had never I had never gone to UTC just because it was like in the summer, and I go home for the summers, and you know I always had all the excuses or whatever, and you know you have to pay and or raise money, whatever but people will only like talk such good things about it and their experiences and then I finally got to go it just happened to be after I graduated but because I was still in town and like going to AIA and all this stuff it kind of felt like I hadn't graduated and it doesn't matter but um I ended up getting 
a scholarship because you know people make donations and there's like scholarship money for campers and there was randomly like a few left and I got to go um, as a camper in 2018 and just it's wild it's a very wild experience and then I loved it so much and made such like close friendships we all were like we have to come back and intern next year and even now we're like we have to go back and second year intern next year we just just want to keep going so I know it's like a lot of grueling putting your body through like a lot of stuff to be like your strengths in Christ am I on the Mm -hmm. kind of like the right path of there yeah so is it like how long is it and like what is it like they like bible studies or stuff like that within it yes okay so it's a sports camp it's a high intensity sports camp because it's all college athletes and that is like so cool because you're just around a bunch of people that play sports that you know at a high level but they're from all over like when I went I made so many friends from Michigan State and um even like the Midwest schools like and Tennessee just random but so it's a week long and there is basically these five principles that are taught in the like specific sessions it's jam-packed with a bunch of stuff the the whole week is but the sessions in particular focus on these five principles and they get put into practice like right away in like the labs um for our lab work is we use volleyball and it's just orchestrating like how to learn so it's kind of oh this is how it's um formulated like film like if football a football team was like watching film yeah um and then they would go out and pre- put it into practice, you know, in practice. And then there's game time, which is like the real deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for UTC, the sessions are kind of like film and studying. And the lab sessions are putting it into practice. And then the special is would be game time. And the special is a 20-hour competition Um <laughs> towards the end of the week yeah it's intense so those are all those pictures where everyone looks like they're literally dying (laughs) yeah because very quickly um you kind of come to the end of yourself in terms of you know endurance and um just physical ability and strength yeah and it's 20 hours long so that's when really the principles get put into true practice and it's really cool we take it really seriously the teams are divided up um, by a draft and there's like captains and team colors and you know rules and us as the interns are the ones that orchestrate the special and ref the different games and stuff but it's really it's really life-changing both from the camper perspective and from the intern perspective, because you both experience the special again, as an intern, you experience the special, but like in a completely different way. So it's amazing. Yeah. What would you say you learned differently from being an intern rather than being like camper? Interning was the, it's crazy. I would recommend everyone to, if if they're going to be a camper to come back and intern. Um, you just, we get there earlier than the campers. And so we learn a lot in those days, like studying and preparing for camp. 
and just really strengthening ourselves in like we don't have control over like what God's going to do in in this camp but like we're Mm -hmm. just the vessels so like really just learning how to let let go of that type of like pressure on our shoulders and really just like pray and really just be available and really have like discernment and be able to lead you know these younger they might not be that much younger than you because they're college but lead them in discipleship and ask good questions and really just I don't know be good examples and leaders for them to um, come to and the special is crazy because you're watching, you know, these people that you have come to know and love and you have already been through it. So you know what they're experiencing, but you kind of just have to take a step back and let it happen. Mm -hmm. And that is really hard in a completely different way. And so that's what, I don't know if I answered the question in terms of what I learned, but um, it's really, really cool and really special no pun intended, to be, uh, <laughs> um, like, even a part of such a, like, transformation in other athletes' lives, and it's happening, like, right before your eyes, and when they start suffering, like, you just, you kind of, like, your heart breaks for them, and you're, like, dang, like, you kind of real. I think another thing I learned is, like, God's heart breaks for us, like, when we suffer, too, you know, mm-hmm. so, but he, like, uses it to, to for, like to literally remake this person and and they come out with this like crazy you know story of you know, redemption and how God met them like right in the middle of what they were going through or where they were at even in terms of their walk their faith walk so because they're all at different spots too and it's just it's really insane and it's really awesome that's so cool and it's going to be cool too like you said like going back the year after because like I'm sure and I obviously don't know, but I'm sure like the year that you go, like especially the first year as a camper, you're a little bit more like incentric of like, how is this going for me? Like, and especially going through the special, like you're like very focused on like how yourself is doing, I would assume. And then mm-hmm. as like, as an mm-hmm. intern, you're able to just like see everything from a completely outside perspective. And, like you said, like see all these people break down and like completely, yeah. you know, you get to just like see it from above and actually know that feeling. I can't. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really awesome. Have you always been, like, is your family really strong in their faith? Is that something that you've always, like, grown up with? Or is it something you found, like, stronger at a certain point in your life? Yeah, I definitely grew up with it, which is a huge blessing. Um, But, I mean, let's see. So I I can literally remember being saved at, like, a you know, church camp is like five. So that's kind of the story that I, yeah, that's kind of the story that I have. But like what I've seen is um, just like how patient God is in terms of like, as you like continue in that walk and, you know, high school, college, whatever, it gets, it gets really hard. And if you're not like rooted deeply and like um, deeply in the word, you know, you just kind of, we're already prone to wander. So imagine like, how much wandering you do when you're not like, you know, truly about that life. Actively. Totally. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I really, I don't know what to even call it, but like 
I was just in like a really bad place at the end of 2017. And that's when I fully decided to like dive in, um, to, I never like left it, you know, I was a part of everything and, and that was such a huge blessing and keeping me like grounded in my faith. But, um, I was like, I want to like fully commit to like, to scripture and like understanding it. Like, and, and so at the beginning of 2018, I'd say I just, I don't know, really dove back in and was like, all right, I want to understand the gospel, like as a whole, like I'm tired of popcorn reading. I don't want to just understand bits and pieces of it and try and piece it together myself. Like I want the the word to speak for itself. So mm-hmm. I really just read through like the entire New Testament and then went back and studied um, different stuff. And that was literally life changing. Like if anyone was wondering how to like, you know, dive deeper into their faith, faith I would literally just say start reading because <laughs> a lot of us like we wonder the same thing. What, where do we start? What do we do without actually looking into the, the book of answers, you know, a hundred percent counterproductive. Yeah. My pastor, like now here in Chicago always says it too. He's like, people are always asking like how to get closer to God. He's like, read the Bible. Like he's like yeah, every single day. And he like says it obviously way more profound than that, but mm-hmm. he's <laughs> like, just get in the word. Like all of the answers are there. Like, And it's like someone said something and it was probably on some podcast I listened to, but it was like, you know, we are taking like our life is an open book exam. Like we have the answers Mm -hmm. right there at all times, but it's a matter of like getting into it. Um, But it's so easy to not at the same time as well. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. We're like so easily asking all these questions and like, if only we had this like you know, answer to this, or if only we had a place we could go that would, like, tell us what to do, and it's like, uh, we do. We do. (laughs) We actually do. (laughs) Um, Let me just tell you guys. How are you with, I'd say, I ask this because it's, like, the biggest thing that I would say I struggle with right now is, like, prayer life. I would say I've grown exponentially even ever since I did get back, like, fully committed back into scripture, like, it's a huge part of it. And when you really like learn the power in it and like the, I don't know, I think a lot of people are like, okay, well, if, you know, God knows everything and God knows your heart before you even have to pray it, then like, what's the point? But it's like, no, truly there's so much power in prayer. And, um, that's another huge thing about being at UTC and, literally having no control over like what happens in in these campers hearts and like what how it orchestrates itself out and like seeing before your very eyes like the power of prayer come to life like things that you just really submit to God and like you have to do this and not me and Mm -hmm. like we can't do it on our own and then you just see see your like very specific prayers become answered before your very eyes it's like holy cow so I think just the journey of, I don't know, I mean, the Bible says pray without ceasing, and when you really take that seriously, you start to see a huge difference in in your life and in your walk with God, I think. No, I totally agree. We actually talked about this last week, like I did with some friends, and we were saying, it is like to your point of like the whole thing of like if you're if you already knows everything, if you already sees everything, if you're already like, what's the point, and mm-hmm. like 
yes, all valid and true, but like we were talking about that there's something too of like actually speaking words out loud. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, like even this morning, I'm to, to just be like actively doing it. I was like praying and I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like bawling and I'm like, okay, well, there you, <laughs> hey, what's up? How are you? Like, there you are. Well, there's, um, that. Think, there's that. Like I was like, I really thought I was cool with everything I was talking about. But um, mm-hmm. so I just think it, it is. It's so, it's just, I like to hear different people because I'm like so new to it all. And like praying was really mm-hmm. weird and uncomfortable for me. And I would say it still kind of is, but mm-hmm. it's just always interesting to me to like hear you know how other people get into it and um you know just it's just encouraging too I think that's the biggest thing is like the more that everyone can talk about like we all have these thoughts we all have I don't even want to say like doubts but moments where you're like what do I even do or what do I even say or maybe like some uncomfortability Mm -hmm. like the more vulnerable we are about it it's like makes us feel more comfortable if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely well, my last question that I always ask, because the podcast is called Slice Up Your Life. What is uh-huh. your favorite slice of pizza? Like, you can pick anything, anywhere. Okay. Some people, some people it's homemade. Some people, it's like the stupid, I'm, I'm going to get hate on for this, like Giordano's or Illuminati's. I think it's overrated, but <laughs> it's a debate okay. over here. Um, I'll give my favorite from San Diego, because it was my go-to, and... People were in San Diego would probably roll their eyes, but it was socks. And it was, like, that main place, you know, that, like, the football team would, like, order pizza or whatever. But it was oh, around yeah. the corner from my house. And I would always Uber Eats it because you can, like, change the crust to wheat crust and you can put this, like, pesto sauce on it. It was just so good to me. And other people were like, why do you love wood socks? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just my jam. Just and you can jam. also get this, like, really good pesto, like, veggie one. So I'm, like, I'm basically eating, like, salad with bread you know (laughs) you're yeah healthy um but that's in san diego and i miss it just like i miss the city so much but here at home i've been ordering this one you know there's like pizza places where it's kind of like chipotle like you go and you just like build it yourself oh not yourself but like pizza or like stuff yeah like they just do it like for you in front of you and then bake it or Mm -hmm. cook it and so there's this place called Pizza Rev that I've been getting, and they have this cauliflower crust and, like, all these veggies and pesto, and it's my favorite. So that's what I've been on lately. By the way, I think there's one in Iowa City. Really? I think there's a Pizza Rev in Iowa City. I could be wrong. It's Iowa City. So I'll fact check that, but I think it's next to Joe's place. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In Iowa City, I would say, I don't know if this is, like, still there or if it's even good, but wig and pen oh my gosh it's a hundred percent still there i had okay. it on sunday <laughs> i remember loving that so much it was like deep dish right yeah it's like did you get the flying tomato one the one that had like the big tomato slices on top i don't remember but i just remember by far the dying best pizza over yeah. that pizza well thank you so much cassidy i you're um, welcome thank you for having i love me. this yeah of course love this for us <laughs> love this for us <laughs> <laughs> For all you Schitt's Creek lovers, that last little bit was for you. But I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Cassidy. I just thought I've heard such amazing things about UTC, and so I'd love to get someone's perspective and have everyone else hear about what such a cool opportunity um, this training camp is and grow um, stronger together and with student-athletes as a whole. But um, also, one quick fact check, there is no pizza rev in Iowa City. Not quite sure what I was thinking of, but I was wrong. <laughs>
<laughs> but anyways, I hope you guys have an amazing week. And that is it for this episode of Slice Up Your Life. <laughs>